0: Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in the community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And here we are, season four. Oh my gosh, we're in April, and I have another special guest for you today because I'm getting to talk to Kim Vincent. Kim is the well, she's the director of human resources at Susser Bank. I've known Kim for a very long time. She's a former HR Southwest Conference Director, and I'm so glad to have you on the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, and Bruce, I am so excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate it.
0: Kim, I've had you on my list forever, and I finally got you on the show. I'm so excited. I've had uh, several, by the way, several HR Southwest Conference Directors on the show, and so You're right in that mix, and we're going to talk a little volunteer leadership today. We're going to talk leadership. We're going to talk, oh man, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but I I would love for you just kind of as we kick this show off, I would love for you to share just a, I don't know, just a brief highlight of Susser Bank and how you serve your customers.
1: So we are um, a full-service bank offering commercial and personal banking, uh, including Mortgage. We actually started as a, uh, a bank for affiliated food stores in 1959. So we have a rich history in service to the community. Uh, 2018 Susser Holdings purchased our bank and we became Susser Bank in 2021. Um, just really, our goal is to be a relationship bank. Uh, we want to operate on relationships, not transactions. And there's a big difference when you see a lot of the big banks out there. You know, you don't have a relationship with your bank or you don't know who that person is. And that's not the way that we operate. Uh, We really want to have a long-term relationship and commitment. We want to make the communities and the people of Texas stronger and be the next great Texas bank out there in the community. So with us, our big tagline is built to last and not to sell.
0: I love that built to last and not to sell. I, uh when I hear someone tell me something like that, it's like, it feels like mission driven. Like I love working here because we have like this mission. We all kind of know what we're all about. Would you agree with that? Like people, like they, like they feel they belong to something bigger, right? 100%. And
1: that built to last, not to sell is not just a mantra for our customers uh, and out in the community for our employees too. Mm-hmm. Uh who's who's worked in banking. I, I would love for them to retire here with us. I want them to have longevity. I want them to know that um, with this Susser Bank brand that we are building and the core values that we have, uh, we want this to be the last place that you work because you retire here and you have a rich and rewarding career. And that's really our end goal. So built to last, not to sell. Anyone who's worked in banking is, probably maybe stayed at the same desk and worked for four different banks and never left their office so there's a <laughs> lot of a lot of transactions that happen in the banking world and and honestly we are going to maintain our name on this building and uh, keep it going strong so
0: I love that that is fantastic I love that when you say hey we want we want our employees to retire here I'm and we're going to talk about employee experience a little bit later because I do want to dive into that I love that. I've, I've been with my company for 20 years and I'm, I'm like that. I'm like, Hey, there's so many things we're doing in an organization. I just want to just work here and just retire, retire here. Cause like I said before, we, I feel like, you know, I belong to something bigger. So I've known you for a long time. We've, we've met through the Dallas HR and HR Southwest circles, of course, but there's probably some things I don't know. I would love for you to share the Kim Vincent story. Like where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into HR and leadership?
1: Well, I will tell you, uh, I am not a native Texan, but we got here as fast as we could. I was actually born in Illinois, Midwest, Mm. Maryland, and New York, and then by the age of 10, ended up in Texas with my family. So, uh, 1980, here we are. Welcome to the most awful heat wave. And... And a uh, heat I'd ever experienced in my life as a 10-year-old. I was pretty sure, I don't know where I thought we'd been, but it, it didn't feel like heaven. But <laughs> <laughs> now, so that's good. <laughs> um, grew up in Azle, Texas. Uh, so I am a Hornet. I know we have a couple of people in Fort Worth HR, uh, City of Azle uh, peeps that work out there in the human resources area. So uh, definitely, definitely Azle is close to my heart. Uh, but I actually started my adult career in accounting. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up or how I was going to make a paycheck. And my dad was an accountant and I thought, well, he gets money for that? Maybe that's what I'll do. You know, <laughs> you're <laughs> young, you have no idea. And I worked for an oil, uh, Owen oil tools. They made up uh, perforating systems to uh, go down the wells and create the uh, flow of oil and gas. Mm-hmm. In wells And, uh, when I was there, the individual who was in, and again, I'm dating myself, the personnel department <laughs> was going on leave for an extended period. And she was a one person show. And uh, they asked if I would back her up, you know, do the payroll, learn the ins and outs, and take care of that. And to be honest with you, it scared me to death. Uh, but I thought, well, they trust me enough to do this and, and running payroll for all these people is a pretty big deal. So I should have at least as much trust in myself to do it. Uh, she trained me. I took over that role, actually loved it and you know, found that it expanded so much more than just the numbers. And from the accounting side, it made a nice transition for me. But as far as uh, the HR piece of it, I really enjoyed that because I've always enjoyed working with people. Mm-hmm. And eventually she left and I just took over that role full time. And here I am all these years later. So that was like, in, oh, I don't even want to say a couple of years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've been doing this for a while. I love that. I love how, you know, it seems like to me, very few people that I interview that are high performers in the workplace start out in what they're doing today, they kind of fell into it. Like you talked about, I love how you talked about your dad was in accounting and you, Hey, let, I'm I'm going to try that. I, as a matter of fact, I was an accounting major when I was in college until I got to accounting too. And I realized <laughs> I don't, I don't know about this. Um, but I, I love that. But then it kind of led you mm-hmm. to, to the path you are in today. Little did you know, accounting is connected to, Payroll, which is connected to HR, and now you probably have figured out that HR is actually connected to everything, right?
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So you're right. That connection was really nice. The numbers numbers felt familiar to me, so it was a familiar transition. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I mean. There's not a lot of personality in numbers. They are what they are. And if you are a person who operates 100% black and white, numbers are for you. And HR, I found, is uh, it's so different in the sense that you operate in a lot of gray. I mean, we operate with consistency. We do have rules and laws and things that we have to follow, but all the people that we deal with are different. No two employees that we have are the same. Uh, doesn't matter how hard you try to write uh, policies or manuals, no two events or things mm-hmm. that are the same. And so you really get the opportunity to, again, develop relationships and work with the individuals on their level and, you know, move them forward, just develop those goals kind of like our, our goal here uh, at the bank, just relationship-driven fully. And that's uh, where they've got my heart, I guess. Just I really, love that.
0: So Yeah, I love I love how you talked about because you were talking about relationships, how important that is. But yet the accounting or the numbers. So you got it. So all of a sudden now you, you when you got into HR, it's like all of a sudden it kind of came together because of um, the relationships. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I have people tell me about the podcast. They say, you know, you ask a lot of the same questions, but every podcast feels different. It's because the relationship of of the person on the on the show. I love that. Hey, I, I would love to ask you. You know, you you started out well. You started out in accounting, and and it kind of led you to where you are at today. And and today you're you're leading. You know, HR. Were there any mentors that helped you get to where you are today? And and if so, share maybe a a, a couple. And, and what were some things that made them great mentors?
1: So many. I've had the privilege of working with so many great people both in my paying gigs and in my volunteer gigs. I mean, mm. mentors come from all over the place and leaders come from all over the place if you're open and receptive to that information. And I love that. Um, I did work specifically my first role in banking in HR. Uh, we had a, a department, was, there were seven or eight of us in the department and it was a lot bigger department than what I was used to in mm. my first role, which is in that oil and gas company. And we had a CHRO, and he was phenomenal. Um, he was so busy. And I could just watch him. And I saw how he interacted with people all the time. And I thought, wow, I don't know what it is about him. But it really, there's something about him I want to be like that. Hmm. And I realized the day that I had a question, I had some issues I was working on, knocked on his door, hey, do you have a minute to visit with me? And I'm going to sidebar for just a second. Have you ever been in a meeting with somebody who says yes, and they're typing and they're emailing and they're checking their phone and they're not really paying full attention to mm. you? Yeah. He was 100% engaged in what I was saying. Mm. He stopped. And that's the whole reason why I asked, Do you have a moment? He stopped, turned to me. What do you mean? We visited. And at that moment in time, I felt like I was the most important person with the most important pressing issues in the world. And I thought that is how I want to be. I want experiences with me to feel purposeful. I don't want them to feel like you just came in and you were getting um, I have half a second in between text messages. That was a big, big thing for me. So just that mentorship of again, it goes back to relationships. value and you don't really know what you're going to get out of um an interaction with somebody what yeah. their takeaway from it what they need that day but if you don't pay attention you're never going to know that and it gave me a lot I think from him that was one of the most impactful mm-hmm. things I had.
0: that's a great story I, oh, I love it's
1: that so it's so big I mean the gentleman he had you know special needs uh, children at home. He had more responsibility than I could imagine. So was a pretty big deal. And then what a, the time is the most valuable thing you can give somebody, but even if it's just one minute
0: of focus. Mm, I love that. If you are listening right now, you need to be writing down these notes. Time is so valuable and, and the most valuable thing you can give someone. Hey, I want to, I want to kind of stop there just for a second, because that is a well, it caused me to kind of stop it and think because one year I always have this word of the year and one year I had the word presence because I thought about, I went to a, well, I went to a networking event and I remember talking to someone and I was so excited to talk to them, but they were looking like they were looking over my shoulder, like they were looking for somebody else that they were waiting on someone. And I just didn't feel very important, but you just like that is it like the the person was very busy they turned around they stopped and they made you feel important how do you uh, i'm just curious like i i love that because it's inspirational right how do you like how do you i've always like wondered like how do you teach that It, it it's just so presence is just so important and when it comes to like you know what talk about the employee experience when it comes to the employee experience I think when people feel like valued they just like they just want to be around that don't they
1: a hundred percent and by him making me feel that value created loyalty because Mm. I wasn't going to get that everywhere Mm. and and I think that's such a big thing because I don't know how you teach it other as much as you experience it and you point it out you Mm. know Um, if I'm visiting with somebody and I don't have the time to deal with them or or interact with them in a way that I feel is fair to them then I'll say can can we schedule something in a few minutes or i have Mm. you know a minute now but I'll have 20 minutes later or whatever it is and just because I want to make sure they understand that I want to give them my full attention I don't want to just you know it's not an assembly line approach. Yeah. An approach. And, and that's the way I want to operate.
0: So I love that. I love that. And and what you're saying here is, Hey, you just got to model it, right? You just, Hey, however you, just like the person you talked to, they were like, they showed you that and now all of a sudden you're doing that for other people. And I just, I, I love that. That is very, like, I have like, Kim, I have chills just listening to that story because it makes you feel so so good and so valued and so important. And so, uh, I I love that. Hey, let me ask you this. Was there like on this journey, right? You said, Hey, I just like, I just fell in love. I love, I love helping people. I love doing what I'm doing now. Was there a moment though, when you found your lane, when you found that, you know, you said, Hey, I found my calling. I found my purpose in, in my career. I have
1: those moments a lot, which is a blessing. The first time I had that moment, I had a really difficult uh, employee challenge Mm. that I was dealing with. I came up, you have to sometimes be creative. Again, everybody's different, every situation is different. And I had a solution that probably wasn't the most popular, but it was the most effective. Mm. Um, After we got through that period, that employee actually came back to me and said, I wasn't happy with what you did at the time, but I thank you for it because it's what I needed a hundred percent. And I thought, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same point, when you realize, okay, I'm not afraid to make what I feel like is the right decision for the the company and the employee, both of Mm. them, bring it together. And again, when you build a team and you, and you're doing that, you have to you have to give where it makes sense and you have to make concessions where it makes sense to do that and to do what's right. And honestly, that was 10 years ago. Mm. Employees still here flourishing. And I think that's great. And periodically they'll bring it up. And I think, oh I mean, it's just, it's humbling to think yeah. that, you know, I could have lost my job, but as a result of these steps that you took, they didn't. And I was angry, but now I'm grateful. That was an aha moment for me, and it also made me realize too. I'd rather have—we've all had bad days and bad exhausting yeah. times. It doesn't matter if you love what you do or you don't. But I'd rather have a bad day at this job doing what I'm doing than a good day anywhere else. So mm-hmm. it's a—it just fills my heart, fills my bucket.
0: I had a lady, uh, you know, of course, I'm in the moving and storage business. And one of our move coordinators said a bad day at moving is better than a, a day of doing nothing at home. <laughs> so she knows there's going to be those bad days. There's going to be so, so much more. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to touch on something you said here, because I, I think that's one of the, the, the challenges that we have, but, but because you provided feedback, right? You care so much and you're just Like it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation, but yet, you know, you're like, Hey, I care enough to provide you, uh, being transparent and, and, and providing you the, you know, feedback. I I feel like feedback is very difficult, uh, to, to give, like give honest feedback. And the majority of time, I think a lot of people feel like that it's going to hurt their feelings or it's going to hurt the relationship. You talked about relationships earlier. It's going to hurt the relationship, but yet you provided feedback and that person came back to you and said thank you I think that is so good why, why do you feel like it's I don't know why do you feel like it's so hard to give feedback and what are some I don't know maybe share a tip that has helped you I
1: think or I know that if I build a relationship and I invest the time in getting to know my team yeah least the team as a whole then they know my heart and they know that I'm in this to create a win for everyone yeah. and if, when you have those relationships and you take the time to build those and you're not just you know have that view of the principal's office when hr comes calling you know it's like oh no but i have the relationships and i really work hard to build those so when it comes time to deliver a message that might not be easy to hear mm-hmm. it's um they understand that it's coming from a place of hearing and it's not coming from a you know, a gotcha moment or, a, you know, something that could be considered negative. It's, I want you to grow, I want you to learn, this is where we are and this is where we need to be. What, how can I help you get there? It's, it's, again, it just all comes back to relationships. Right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. And delivering bad news is or hard news or a tough message, but it's not fun. It's not fun for anybody. No. So, Uh, having a relationship doesn't give you a free pass to say whatever you want. You still have to know who the person is and how they receive information because that's the other thing. It's all different. Everyone's different. Sometimes it takes them a minute to hear it and sometimes they're super receptive right off the bat. Again, they know where I'm coming from, and and I feel like I know where they're coming from. We know each other well enough to feel like there's a level of trust there, or your reputation, I guess, is out there enough for people to realize that this is not a mean spirited person. They actually want to do what's right for you and everyone else. So
0: that's fantastic. I love that. And and I I appreciate you sharing that because I know there's somebody that's uh, just pulled over the side of the road or they're listening to the podcast somewhere. And they are, they have just been given some tough, uh, had a tough conversation. Maybe they received it or maybe they have, or they're getting ready to give a tough conversation. And I wanted them to hear that you're not alone. Like there's people out there doing it. And and that's just part of the process, part of the growth process, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And
1: Bruce, I will tell you, I have received news like that um in a negative way that was Mm. hurtful and it wasn't helpful at all and it made you just feel want to run away and i've received it in a positive way and Sometimes those are the best learning experiences to go, well, that's not how I want to do this going forward. I think I could do that a little bit better. Sometimes I think those are the things that help, too, is just learning that pull yeah. back my fire type of thing. It's like, here we go. Nope, not putting that in my uh, database for future use. So.
0: I love that. Hey, I want to, I, I, I do want to, I like to ask all my guests uh, around, you know, I like to ask them what they, you know, what their response is to to leadership, because I think leadership has a lot of different definitions. And of course, as a leader, a lot of times you're delivering, a, you know, tough conversation or, but if someone asks you, Kim, hey, how would you define leadership? How, how would you respond to that?
1: I would say leadership is, is doing the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. Working, doing the right thing. I would say it is being transparent and honest and empowering others to be the best that they can do. Uh, and do what you say you're gonna do. If I say I'm going to help you with XYZ, then do it. You know, uh, if I say I'm going to train you for these things, then do those things. Just that transparency and transfer of knowledge and not being afraid to share knowledge. You ever work with anybody who uh, kind of kept everything that they knew real close to them. And they didn't want anybody else to know it because it made them feel more valuable. The opposite of that, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So many different things, but really doing the right thing, doing what you say you're going to do, be accountable.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, uh, our I got to interview our CEO uh, recently on the podcast and that that's what he was talking about. He's talking about, Hey, you know, do the right thing. And that goes a long way. People see that. That's a great way to lead and show people, hey, here's the way. Um, and you're right. You There can be a, you know, you can influence someone negatively too, right? You can be a leader in a negative way. And I've unfortunately, but fortunately, I've worked for a couple of those leaders. And I say fortunately, because I learned, hey, I would do the things differently that way. So no, I appreciate that. Hey, I want to, I do want to dive into this. You know, you talked about the importance of relationships and I always like to talk about right now, it seems to me like a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of leaders are talking about the importance of the employee experience. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about, you know, early on, you've kind of set this up like, Hey, we're, we're a relationship driven company. And, 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 and that's how we kind of like, that's kind of how we move the needle here. Talk a little bit about the importance of the employee experience. How important is that in your organization? Do you talk about that in your leadership meetings? And and if you do, like maybe what are, I don't know, maybe what are a couple of things that you try to do to create that in, in your company?
1: Um, yes, employee experience is way, way important. Again, yeah. you don't get the privilege of having employees start and finish a career at your uh, your workplace when you have a terrible experience when you're yeah. And a lot of what we do uh, is culture-driven. Actually, everybody comes in and works in the office here. We want that because we want to build the relationships with folks. We want people to know each other. I think it's easier to uh, mentor, to learn, to, to deliver hard messages when we you know people. I mean, it's difficult to know people when they're all spread out and they're afar. So uh, bringing folks in, that's really been a big thing for us. We do a lot of uh, lunch and learns. We do our, mm. our town hall meetings to make sure that folks are, um, you know, in the know of what's going on in the company. I, I know a lot of times communication. Communication is always difficult to spread throughout when everybody's not working in the same room at the same time. Uh, but we'll do town halls monthly, quarterly, every other month. This is where the business is. These are the new people that have come on here. Constantly streaming things across our internet. We are constantly, uh, you know, introducing folks and sharing the pictures of people. So even if you haven't seen them yet, if you run into them, you'll know who they are, share a little bit of their story um, and all that. So really that is um, again, it goes back to the relationships of just making sure that uh, we know we're all in this, we're all a team, we're all rowing in the same direction. Everybody wants to accomplish the same thing. We want to do it together. And then as far as that experience too, making sure that we have a really good transfer of knowledge, uh, make sure that good bench, bench strength in our departments, um, that we have leaders who are mentoring those who are uh, in positions that are more junior to them. And so one day we can fill those spots. We don't have to go outside, but it's a company where we can grow from within. And so the experience I think for that It's a really big deal because it's so demotivating to think, I want to work here and I want to build my career. Mm. Just keep hiring people over me and over me and over me. And that, again, it's not the culture we want to build. It's not the relationship we want our teams to have with their leaders. We really want folks to know that this is a place where you can retire and grow. Not just be stagnant, but you can grow and really get something out of it. To me, I think being fulfilled when you go to your job, um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal feel like you made a difference. and um, we really want to make sure everybody understands how important their roles are and how important it is that you transfer that.
0: I love that. I know there's some people writing different things down. you know, when you talk about uh, having whether it's a, a, a town hall meeting or or some type of recognition, being transparent, I think those are all things that people want. but you 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 also touched on the importance of transfer of knowledge. And, and as you shared that, I'm like, I don't really, I didn't really think about that on the side of the employee experience, but that's what, and a a good employee experience is, Hey, people are, they're sharing their information with me so I can be a better team member for the company. And I can grow in myself. I love how how you shared that. And, and, you know, that's not easy to do.
1: And it's, it's, it can be uncomfortable for some people if they've worked in environments that maybe um, had some negative experiences with that. Like I said earlier, if you're working in a place where um, knowledge is power and if you give that away, you feel like you lose some of your importance and that is not that is not this company, that's not a company I wanna work for. We want you to check your egos at the door and understand that um, the privilege that I have in being a leader at this company Requires me to give that same to someone else. I also need to be able to transfer that because someone gave me an opportunity. Someone's given every leader in this bank and in this company an opportunity, whether it's here or somewhere else, somewhere along your lines, and you have got to pay it forward. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Paying it forward and making sure that we're creating the strong leaders for tomorrow.
0: I love that. I love all of that. You know, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing some presentations this year on road signs uh, to uh, rules of the road is what I'm calling it, but it's around ethics, and and I've talked to a couple of different people around that, and they've uh, and and what you just now uh, mentioned is that someone recently shared um, some of the things that kind of stifle. Um, ethical situations when you don't have that transfer of knowledge when people are trying to keep it to themselves and I thought that was real interesting and I gave you a few I did give you a few questions before the the show but I I do as as I think about this I, I do want to ask you especially even from the banking industry I mean so ethics uh, is is pretty important uh, do you talk about that at, at your organization and how do you know that you're having success. Uh, when it comes to ethics,
1: success is going to come in the form of you know your employee retention. It's going to come in the the form of your the value of your company and your organization. Are you growing? What's your customer retention look like? And that you see that in every company, whether mm-hmm. you're selling a product or a service, what's the retention with that? And if you're unethical and you're doing things in the wrong way, I think that's going to surface pretty quick. And it comes back to our core values. I mean. We are pursuing excellence. We are relationship-driven. We are accountable, transparent, honorable, hungry and humble, and diverse and inclusive. And those are our core values that we live by. And um, again, there's no room for anybody to be unethical within that. And I think if we do find somebody who's that, everybody gets an employee who maybe doesn't fit in the culture it happens they self-select out pretty quick because they realize this is we're building something that we want to be proud of that we want to have longevity that we really want to make a good name for ourselves and our company and serve our customers and our employees alike and so um being unethical is just not going to it doesn't fit the culture it doesn't fit the narrative it, it surfaces pretty quick, and obviously, bank is so highly regulated too that yeah. it's that's going to surface as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, those things surface; uh, they surface pretty quickly, also. So.
0: I, I I love that. Oh my gosh, Kim, I appreciate you sharing that because there's probably some people listening. Though they're like, you know, it reminded me of that. I I can't remember exactly the story, but it's around like these the the crabs. And how they are all down in the the bottom, and if somebody tries to get out, they try to they drag them back down, right? And so I think people know, like, hey, all of a sudden there's this culture that's been built here. This is the way we do things, and if someone is not does not you know align with that, they they just eventually leave or in some way and so i i love that oh my gosh, this has been so good hey let me let me ask you I, I i feel like you're a pretty driven leader what what drives you uh each day
1: honestly i think just coming into work and knowing that i make a difference that mm-hmm. i help somebody even if it's in the smallest of ways um i've got a fabulous team i have a fabulous network of friends and leaders out in uh hr southwest and dallas hr and fort worth hr and um to not do my best in my profession would be a disservice to all of them, and that's what drives me. Because my gosh, and you too, Bruce. You guys set the bar so high. <laughs> you know how how could I not strive to be my best? And that's it. I don't want to be the weak link. I I want to make a difference in this profession. So
0: that's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Hey, well, let's talk a little bit about volunteer leadership. You were the conference director, I believe, in twenty eighteen. Yes. 2008. Okay. So, conference director in 2018, the year before you were to got to see how it's all done. Then you, you, and you ran the show in 2018. Hey, I, I'm, I'm just curious. How did volunteer leadership? Because volunteer leadership takes a lot of time. I mean, you know that. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm busy now. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. How was it? How did it help you in, in, in the workplace?
1: tell you, if you've never had the opportunity to volunteer and do something like that, really at any level, it was so helpful in the sense that you truly learned, you work with a group of like-minded individuals that all want you to succeed. What a great feeling that is. There was no competition in, in, in that world. It was, we're all here to build you up. We're all here to transfer their knowledge mm-hmm. of experience, what worked and what didn't work, and and the same point, I learned how to reciprocate that, too. And so, it was, I mean, it was several years ago, but I had great reinforcement. It's like, here are the things that work. Here are the things that didn't work. This is how I can help you. This is what you might want to consider. And I'm like, all this information is coming in. And, and at the end of the day, you start thinking, I'm not sure they even need me. They've all got this. <laughs> <laughs> so great to have all those wonderful minds working together and um just really training you how how did you life, how did you life at work? I mean, it was it was an experience that I would not trade uh, for anything. It was a lot of work, took a lot of time investment, but again, it's incredibly rewarding and um, you know, to think that one person could do all that is crazy. It is um, truly a group effort. Truly a group of professionals coming together again, working for the greater good for great the profession. And, and it was awesome. So highly recommend on any level, if for nothing else, you will have relationships and friendships that will mm. into your work life for sure.
0: So. Yeah, I've I've had several people on my journey tell me that, you know, the relationships outside the workplace are just so impactful because you have these great relationships inside the workplace, but now you can go and talk about some things that others uh, let's say say in the HR profession. In this particular case, you can uh, like-minded individuals on things that they're dealing with, and it, it's just it's just so so helpful. You build these great friendships. I love that. But you you said something that just aligned with the company too. When you I just realized that when you said the transfer of knowledge, and here you are in the and that's right. I mean I've been on the committee before. Got to serve under Sandy Denton years ago and she uh, and and you you feel like you're walking into something and it's like oh my gosh this is gonna be so big but then you get in there and everybody's just sharing knowledge and that just makes for a great i think that's why everybody enjoys the the volunteer leadership in this particular association right but it's just like the workplace isn't it 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 can be and
1: hopefully it is and that's really what i want to do in my workplace again is you just learn so much and you're better for it. There's no bigger compliment than being able to develop someone and see them succeed. And so yeah. uh, whether it be in volunteer or your playing job, I mean, it's a, uh, it just, it's a feel good, feel good moment. for sure.
0: 2018, you know, it's only five years ago. It feels like so many more because of, you know, COVID and everything It's only five years ago. Kim. <laughs> so man, that is so fantastic. I love that. Hey, let let me ask you this. I want to ask you another question before I uh, pivot here. And I want to ask you around people that are listening to the show. And they are, you know, trying to grow their career. They're listening to this podcast, trying to get better, trying to learn, trying to grow. Any tips that you would share that has, I don't know, maybe helped you grow in your career to get to where you are today. And if there are, maybe you could share a couple of things that people might think about um, as they continue on their career journey?
1: Sure. I think I said it earlier when I talked about that opportunity to take over uh, payroll and HR and there, that was a scary thing for me, but I was open to it. Mm. Um, for some reason, they trusted me to do that. And I thought, who am I to think that they're wrong? I'm not going to tell somebody, no, I'm not good enough when you think I am. So <laughs> trust yourself. Don't be afraid to try new things. and Don't be afraid to fail at things. Mm. That's one of my biggest lessons by making mistakes and failing. And nine times out of 10, people are not going to set you up in a situation where you are uh, not going to succeed or fail in such a way that it ruins you. Mm. So I I think just not being afraid to try something different. Go out on a limb and and, uh, take some chances. Yeah. not happy with what you're doing, network with people who are doing what you're doing or maybe you you see somebody who models the behavior or looks like, you know like my old boss, I, I saw him every day and I thought, wow, he's this is what I want to be like. He's fabulous. Get around those people and see what they think. What are they reading? What are they what are they doing? How did they get to where they are? If they'll give you five minutes of their time, I promise you it'll be worth it. and ask questions. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions and uh, mimic that positive behavior a model behavior for you. That's,
0: that's good that you want to be like. So I love that. I love that. And that's, and that's how you grow. That's how you get there. It's one brick at a time, isn't it? I've, I've used the analogy in my book that, you know, you're just sitting there laying these bricks. You're failing, you're surrounding yourself by good people. You're doing all these things. And these, these little bricks. And then one day you look back, you're like, wow, how'd that house get there? And it's because you just kept on laying bricks. Um, I will tell you, I'm not going to go here, but we could spend a whole episode on failure. <laughs> we could. I have lived my career through failure, but you know what? That's how we grow. And so I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because people are listening. And they're like, oh, man. She's like, the, she's, you know, she's in a high, high level role. She's been leading for a long time. And people don't realize that failure was part of that, that process to to get you there.
1: Bruce, I will tell you too, one of the biggest things I think for me was understanding um, not to compare myself to other people, mm. like, you know, leadership role, because everybody's journey is different everybody's you know some of us take the scenic route to get where we're going and some of us have a direct line there but don't compare yourself to where somebody else is in life because the journey is different and it can be beautiful and rewarding along the way it doesn't have to be a direct line so um for the sake of of trading things to try to hurry up and do something, sometimes you miss things that are amazing you know and can and be highly rewarding for you so i, I say this enjoy it enjoy the ride
0: love know? that i love that don't compare yourself to other. that's fantastic oh my gosh i have chills kim this is so fantastic this is so good hey i want i do want to ask you one last question and you've given some like you're you've given some great advice on the, this entire show but i do like to just ask my guests if they were ever given any advice by someone early on and you just find yourself like you're just often sharing that advice any any thoughts around that
1: yeah. yes yes Greatest advice ever. You don't have to know everything, but surround yourself with people who know the things that you don't. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to admit that you don't know something. I mean, if you're hiring, hire the person to fill the gaps and stuff. It's okay. It's okay to promote other people's strengths and it doesn't make you need for doing it. So it makes you a better reason.
0: That's fantastic. You know, I um I think that's probably been probably one of the biggest things that's helped me over my career is just being surrounded by great people like you, Kim, like just being involved in different organizations. All the people on the podcast are just incredible. And I'm just surrounded by these great people. And I just like learned so much from them. Hey, I told you when we got on, I said, Kim, the time is going to fly by and it has flown by. I want to shift to it's time to accelerate. And I want to ask you a few fun questions. And the first question I want to ask you is, Would you rather read a book or listen to an Audible or or a podcast?
1: I am a podcast slash Audible junkie. Uh, I'm in the car a lot, so I'm always listening. Sometimes I'll listen on the treadmill. used to love to read books, but I find that I can kind of get a double... Uh, double for my money if I'm doing the podcast book thing. So um, don't always have the luxury to read. And my super guilty pleasure in podcast is true crimes. So,
0: oh my goodness!
1: Um, I think my husband sleeps with one eye open now because I've listened to so much of it. But I do love it. I don't know why. I love that.
0: I, love that. I will tell you that's probably the most popular um answer on the show is what's your what's your favorite is true crimes hey what uh let me ask you this outside of workplace what energizes
1: you oh, travel travel travel, travel i love to get up and go so um anywhere whether it's for a weekend whether it's across the country or to another country i just love to see new things meet new people experience different places so i love to-
0: that that's fantastic I uh, I always shared that on the on the podcast I, in in my book I had a chapter called Great Leaders Are Grateful Leaders. And I always like to ask, you know, Kim, what what are you grateful for?
1: Oh, I'm grateful for all of my, my my family, my friends, the network of people that this career has afforded me um throughout my I mean, gosh, twenty-five plus years. It's has have met some amazing people and I could not be more grateful. And I can't imagine A field where I would have had that opportunity otherwise. And I'm grateful for the job that allows me to do other things that I love, which is spend time with my family and travel with my family. There, there's so many things that I would, I could make a whole podcast
0: about. (laughs) My gratitude. Oh my gosh. That is so good. That's so good. Well, I'm grateful for you for being on the show, Kim. Hey, this is my last question and probably my favorite question. Kim, 10 years older, she's knocking at your front door and you're going to answer that door. What's she going to tell you?
1: Yeah, I think I would tell myself just don't be afraid to try new things. It doesn't matter how old you are. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to fail at new things. And don't forget to have fun while you're doing
0: it. That's a wise ten years older, Kim Vincent. Oh my goodness! I so appreciate you coming on today, sharing your wisdom and your perspective. Hey, for someone that was listening or that is listening mm-hmm. and heard something, they're like, you know what? I want to, I want to connect with Kim, or I want to get to know her, or have a, ask her a question. What's the best way for someone to connect with you?
1: Probably through LinkedIn. I think that would be um, probably the best way or most effective way. I can check that.
0: Perfect. And I will put your, uh, I'll put that link in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Kim, be sure and uh, let her know. You can just click the link, but be sure and let her know you heard her own life in the leadership lane and maybe even share something that she shared that was impacting. And that makes the the connection that much better. And so you're definitely, you're definitely driving in the leadership lane. I appreciate you um, and uh, just for being here today. And I appreciate your friendship so much. I can't wait to share this episode.
1: I'm excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, not something I ever thought I would do, but uh, I, I it's been fun. And actually going back and reflecting on my journey has really been rewarding. And, and uh, also another thing to make me grateful for all these little things that happened between then and, and just today. its uh, It's been nice. So thank you so much for that.
0: I love it. I'll talk to you later, Kim. Right. Thank you.